Matthew chapter 6, 19 through 21. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure, everybody say my treasure. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. God, help us today. God, the burden that you've laid on my heart, help me to deliver it in the way you've intended it. And, God, I pray that we all have an open heart and a hungry spirit, Lord, to be attentive to your word and, Lord, to receive it with good ground. And, Lord, that we may apply it and strive to live. For the purpose you give us your word is to help us. And, God, we give you all the praise and the glory in Jesus' wonderful name. And everybody say amen. Praise God. You can be seated. On a title this morning, Life's True Treasures. Life's True Treasures. There's an old saying that we're most of us older ones are familiar with. Heard it most of my life. It says, one man's junk is another man's treasures. And I found that to be true. That's why they have garage sales, flea markets putting on Lee County buy, sell, and trade. But what it's indicative of is the truth and the reality is that different people place value on different things, and they create treasures. We don't have all this. We all don't have the same treasures, per se, far as in a physical form or a earthly treasure, there's people who treasure things different. Some may collect arrowheads. That may, they may consider that a treasure. Some may collect knives. I've got friends that collect knives, and every year their family members know to buy them a knife for Christmas. They don't have to wonder what they're getting. They just have to wonder what kind and what color. And now they've got these uh, shadow boxes that are just full of knives. That's fine. That's what you want. And I could go on and on with that example. Uh, and so just to, just to lay a foundation that we all have treasures to a degree. Amen? But let's look at some things that people pursue after as treasures. First, we'll talk about material possessions. That seems to be the number one noticed and then pursued of in a physical form as they want possessions. Some people are very materialistic minded. They have a heart for it. It's easy to see that in the things that they own. Things that they I've known people who would work two and three jobs just so they could have their treasures. It didn't increase their quality of life. It didn't give them a better home. It didn't offer them a better uh, automobile or better this or that of important or priorities, but it financed certain things in their life that they considered their treasure. And it's easy to see what a person's treasure is. That's what they're going to talk about. That's what they're going to show you pictures of. That's why we show pictures of our grandbabies. Hello? Hello? You ever been around, and it, once it starts, it goes. It doesn't take but one person to show a picture of a grandbaby. Then everybody's getting out their phones nowadays, and they're showing the pictures of their grandbabies and the videos of it because those grandbabies are treasures to us. And there's none as good as ours. I'm sorry. You can take second, third. It doesn't matter. There's none as pretty as ours. Hello, somebody. Because it's our treasures. Amen? But you can tell where a person's treasure is because they're going to talk about it. They're going to put their money there. They don't, they don't mind. They may struggle and 
uh, in other areas or won't, it may be tight wadded in some areas, but when it comes to their treasure, they'll open their pocketbook freely. Hello? Don't let me bore you this morning. Had a guy who worked for his treasures was race car driving. He had this, this ideal that he wanted to be a, a professional. Well, he made it through the ranks to a degree, but when he got to racing with Neil Bonnet and some of the guys like that, he could never win a race, but he had the best car out there. I mean, he, he could finance the best mechanic. He had the best shop. He had the best, all the equipment. He had the best motors. He had the best vehicles. His car could outrun anything on the track, but he never won a race because he got scared after he got up so fast. And he'd back off every time. You could count on it every time. Now, I'm, not, I'm just saying that for this reason, he lost his business over it. He had to come to me. I was an employee and, all, and asked me for $1,200 to pay a phone bill for the company. And I thought, this is crazy. We've got $250,000 worth of money on the books. Every single week that rolls, we've got 12 siding applicators and eight salesmen, and we're booming out the top. But yet I'm having to pay a $1,200 phone bill. This doesn't add up. But what it was, his treasure was the best race car and the best everything for the races. And so he would funnel all his money into that. And the man died in his 50s. What did he have left? Oh, come on, somebody. So we can, we can have our possessions, our, our wealth, our cars, our homes, our, our whatever we may consider a, uh, a, a treasure in our life. It could be land. It could be investments. It could be inheritances. It could be family heirlooms. It could be many different things that we pursue after, and we've seen people pursue after. This is important. Oh, hallelujah. I had a man one time that I pastored, and I was very, very very close to him so I could talk with him. And uh, he had these certain treasures, and he was, I'm telling you, there's nobody could do it the way he did it. There's nobody could come close to the attentiveness that he gave it. It was top notch. You wouldn't even come close to him. But I looked at him one day. I said, look, I, I got a question for you in love. I said, you know how you do all that? Yeah, yeah, man, you just got to be, it's got to be important to you. You got to make it a priority. I let him just sink his own ship. And all of a sudden I said, you know, if you would take that same attention and that same priority and put it toward living for God, you wouldn't be missing so much church. You wouldn't be struggling in the Holy Ghost. And you could be one of the greatest saints there ever was. It's just shifting your treasure from that to God. Hello, somebody. And look, that's what this lesson is all about today because we're human. We're materialistically minded. We, it's everywhere around us, and it's so easy to get off track. It, it looks like it is a success gauge, if you will, that we're successful if we have this or we have that because they're material. They are visible. They're tangible. People notice that. It somehow creates some type of success feeling in our lives. But I want to tell us today those things are going to burn with a fervent heat according to the scripture. Those things are, can be rotted or they can be rusted or they can be stolen. They're, they're not going to last. They don't have an eternal value to them. But what is it about those things that make us strive after it to accumulate and to work hard and to give our time and attention to? It's because it's become a treasure. And the reason I'm preaching this today is not to condemn uh, collections or not to condemn financial stewardship at all because the Bible teaches us to be good stewards. It's not about those type things. I hope you have a great home and I, I hope you have the best of everything but it's about placing a treasure. Those things are good and if we can afford them and that's all right and there was good things in biblical days but the difference is it can't become a treasure. There's only one thing in life that we need to have is treasure and that is God and the thing of God because it's the only thing that is eternal. All else is nothing but temporal. It's going to be here for a while. We're going to enjoy it for a while, but it's going to be gone. 
We could lose it overnight. It was during the Black Tuesday back years ago when the stock market crashed. Thousands committed suicide the next day and the next week. They jumped out of windows. I'm thinking, my Lord, I don't know about you, but there ain't nothing I own worth committing suicide. Hello? If I lost everything today, I got something way more important than anything else I have. But it's hard for us to wrap our mind around it. But the only sense it was they had placed their all their life into that. That's where they got their fulfillment. That's where their security came from, Brother Lee. That's where they felt like their, their identity was, and they poured everything into it. And when it was gone, they felt like they had nothing left. But you could take a person full of the Holy Ghost who is doing his best to live for God. You're doing your best to please God. You may not have the most, but even if you had plenty of wealth and you lost it overnight, there's something in difference of that, and that is you would have everything you would ever need. You would still have peace. You would still have joy. You would still have hope. You would still have a future because the same God that gave it the first time can give it again. But if he chooses not to, you're still the richest person on the planet. Job looked at his wife when she tried to get him to curse God and die because of their losses. And he said, what is it? Can God give and not take? Can God bless and not curse, basically? The same God that giveth is the same God can take. But the one thing that we're always going to have is God. And if we got God, we got everything we need. We've got the cattle of a thousand hills. We've got the promises of God, which are yea and amen. We've got things money cannot buy. Hello, somebody. Well, I'm trying to stay on track this morning. Don't let our, I'll just skip some of this because you've got the jest of it. But I want to encourage us today. It's easy to get focused on treasures in this life. We see people do it every day. We see people raise their children in pursuit of earthly possessions and never consider or give attention to the earthly or to the heavenly treasures. I want to commend you parents. I know all of us want to leave our children inheritance. In fact, I've got all my, my children, their quarters set aside. And that ain't a quarter of a million either. Just, just to clear that up. But my point is this. We all want to leave our children something, don't we? Wouldn't it be great, Brother Matt, if you just had the money, you could leave Maddie a million dollars, Luke a million, Oliver a million. Wouldn't it be great? Yeah, that'd, be, that'd, be, that'd mean a lot. But what if you can't? If you're like most of us, you can't leave them much at all because you don't have much at all. Don't let me bore you this morning, okay? But here's what I want to point out. But what if you leave them an inheritance of, of godly example? What if you leave them a life of where you brought them to the house of God? What if you leave them something, Brother Lee, to where they were taught the truth? They were taught the Word of God. You've taught them by an example to be a worshiper of God. You've taught them by an example to put God first and above all, and that money comes second or third or fourth. Uh, what if you left them that? Can I tell you, you've left them more than the guy who left them $100 million but didn't teach them how to live for God, didn't live for God in front of them, that never darted the door, that never saw them pray. Children need to see their parents pray. Children need to see their parents open this Bible and study it. They need to see them walk to the house of God and give their life. They know where your attention is. They know where our focus is. They know where our heart is. Give them a father. Give them a mother that says we're going to live for God, whether we're broke, whether we're in poverty. Poverty, whether we struggle, we're going to trust him with everything. If we offered him all the things of this world, but we never gave them a godly parent, then we have cheated them out of the greatest inheritance 
there ever was. I was telling my wife about this message the other day and uh, just sharing some thoughts. And she said, you know, the only thing you can take to heaven with you is your children. Hello? I pray for my children more than I pray for you. I'm sorry. I pray for you every day. Amen? But I pray for my children first. And I pray for them throughout the day. Praise God. Why? Because if I won the world, but I lost my kids, then I'm a total failure. Hello, somebody. That's why we pray. That's why we seek God. And we're not living, I, I'm, I, I'm butchering this message, I know. But can I encourage you? We're talking about earthly and, and, and heavenly treasures. It's good to have a good life. It's okay to be financial sound. It's all right as long as it's not where our heart is. Hello? As long as it's not in the way of God, as long it doesn't have to compete with a place for God or God compete with a place for it. It was a rich young ruler who came to the Lord and said, what must I do to have eternal life, inherit eternal life? And the Lord looked at him and said, obey the commandments. He said, I've done this from my youth up. What lack I yet? He knew there was something missing. He knew that that didn't get what needed to be done. Can I tell you today, if there's any thing we ought to do we need to do in a search and evaluation is there anything lacking in my salvation is there anything lacking that will cost me heaven is there anything that's not there that ought to be there and the Lord said go and sell everything you got and give it to the poor now I don't know about you that sounds like a pretty rough requirement he was rich go sell all you got and give it to the poor and the man the Bible says walked away sorrowful for he had great possessions he chose his possessions over eternal life that's the worst deal anybody will ever make but it happens every single day. And you and I are not exempt. We are tempted with it like anybody else. Hello? But that man walked away. Now, the Lord didn't want him to bankrupt himself. What the Lord was doing, he looked into the core of his heart, and he saw where his heart was. And he knew the only way this man was ever going to be able to have eternal life and give his all to the Lord, he had to transition his heart from possessions to God. Hello? Come on, somebody. Now, the Lord's not going to tell anybody, well, he might. I'm not, I'm not saying go get, it, get rid of everything you got. I'm saying bring your heart to here and say, God, I'm making you number one. I don't care if you've had the Holy Ghost 25 years and God's not number one. We ought to get in this altar to just say, God, I'm going to put you first. I'm going to make you first. Money is a blessing and things are blessings, but there's nothing in comparison unto what you've done, the peace that I feel in my soul, the joy that I feel in my heart, knowing I'm going to go to heaven if you took me out of this world, knowing that I've done my best to raise my kids in church. Oh, God, I want to just give, make sure that you're in first place in my life. I wonder how God feels. I'm not God, so I don't know. When he sees a people that he gave his life for, that he died on a rugged cross, and he's blessed them with the ability to make money and to have health and intelligence and gifts and talents, only to take that and pursue something total opposite of God. We've all done it. Hello? We've all done it. But I wonder how God feels when he remembers being nailed to that cross. 
I wonder how he feels this morning when he looks at the things that we pursue, where our hearts really at. And he gave his life that we may have life and have it more abundantly. That abundantly, my friend, isn't always monetarily our material blessings, but that abundant life, Sister Deborah, is that joy that dwells in our hearts. It's raising our kids in truth. It's watching them get the Holy Ghost. It's knowing how to pray. I, I got to get toward this message now. I'm, I'm, I'm. Hello, somebody. So let's look at what are earthly, are difference between earthly and heavenly treasures. The Bible says, because it knows mankind, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 2, set, that means secure, your affection. Y'all, everybody knows what affection means, right? On things which are above and not on things in the earth. Now, why does it say that? Because the principle is it understands man's flesh and carnality and personal wants. And it's teaching us a great principle that we've got to get a hold of. Because what if we put everything we had on everything we could touch here during this life, all the tangible, all the riches, and I mean, it's, it's just right here at our fingertips. And we end up like Solomon. And when Solomon viewed all that he had, and it was the queen who said it wasn't even half what was told her. It was more than any man. I mean, he was wealth everywhere. And Solomon said this toward the end of his life, Brother McGill. He said, it's all vanity and vexation of spirit because Solomon realized it doesn't affect my eternity one bit. It's not going to go with me to heaven. In fact, it's, it might keep me out of heaven. He realized that it's no value. It's value totally fell out. And Solomon said, it's... It's a waste of time. I wish he'd have realized that a little bit sooner. That treasures were in strange women. It wasn't in monetary gains and wealth and things of that nature. And the scripture teaches us, I just feel like God is saying, hear me. I know it's out there. I know it's available. I know it's good jobs and good monies and good opportunities and things of that nature. And it doesn't have to be monies. It could be other things that we could put our earthly treasure in. But God is saying, but let me tell you what's going to last. What's going to keep you in this life? God is like, he said, let me tell you life's great treasures. He said, set your heart, set your love, set your affection on things above because this life is only a vapor. It is here today, and it's gone tomorrow. We don't know how long we'll live, but that life beyond here, that's what we've got to be living today for. That's what we've got to set our affections on. That's where our love's got to be. It's not here on this earth, but we've got to set our affections on things which are above. That's where it counts, my friend. Not on things on this earth. Not on things because they're, they're, they, can, they can be lost in a moment. We're not going to carry them with us anyway. You heard about the guy who wanted to carry all his money to heaven with him. And he said, well, I can't, you can't carry your money to heaven. He said, what if I melt it all down in gold? Can I carry it? He said, you can carry it like that. So he did. He got it all melted down. had all his gold going with him. He got to take his money to heaven with him. But when he got there, they all everybody wanted to know why was he toting around this pavement? You know, streets of gold. Hello. We we're not. I, I've never. Well, let me let me just get off all that. Clap your hands to the Lord. We can get so caught up in earthly treasures that we miss the greatest treasure of all. There was a guy, the Bible calls him the rich farmer. I won't go into all of it, but he was wealthy. He, he had great crops, and he was a great businessman. He's a great manager. And he, he, I mean, he was wealthy, and he looked at himself, and he said, Soul, and I'm going to paraphrase, you've done great. I'm going to tear down these barns, 
and I'm going to build bigger barns, and I'm going to grow another crop, and I'm going to fill them all full, that I'm going to sit back, he said, my soldiers, take it easy, drink, and, and be merry. Had a good plan, didn't he? I mean, he worked hard. God blessed him with good crops, a good mind, a good business mind. He did incredible. Nobody can blame him for that. But then it came out the real problem. The Lord spoke to him and said, Thou fool. Now, why would you call a man who had all that a fool? He's done great. He was a fool because he put his priorities in the wrong place. Hear me tonight, this morning. We all can do this. Easily. We all can do it. And that's why the scripture teaches us to be so careful. And he said, Thou fool, this night, thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall all these things be? Everything you've worked for, all your time and attention, all that you've given your whole life to, all of it is somebody else's hands tomorrow. You won't own it. It won't do you a bit of good. Right now, we're going to talk about your soul. What about the rich man in Lazarus? It's not in my notes, but I'm going to talk about it. That rich man, he fared sumptuously every day. He, he had royal peril. He lived in a palace. He had everything that heart could wish. But on his doorsteps was a beggar named Lazarus who had nothing, who was broke, who had to beg for food. And he had sores so bad that the dolls came and licked his sores. If you were to look when the rich man walked out his doorstep and you saw the two in comparison, you would have had so much pity on the poor man laying on the steps sick. A beggar with sores. The dogs were licking his sores. And you would have thought, man, I want to be like the rich man, hallelujah. But something happened on the same night, and you know the story. On the same, very same night, angel showed up, death angel and glory angel, if you will. And all of a sudden, that Lazarus, that man who had no money, that man was a total pauper. He was a homeless beggar with sores all over his body. And it was a shameful for the dogs to lick his sores. That man that everybody had pity on, all of a sudden, he was in Abraham's bosom. He had done something right in his life. He may have lost it all. He may have fell on hard luck. He may have lost his income because of his health. We don't know what happened, but he done something right. He got it right, my friend, when it counts. He has something left when his heart quit beating. He has something banked up in heaven, and there he was in Abraham's bosom. He made it. And then you've got the rich man who had everything, money galore, everything heart could wish. But let me tell you what his story is. The Bible didn't tell me he woke up in Abraham's bosom. He did some things right monetarily. He knew how to manage his money and gain wealth, but he missed the mark, my friend, because he didn't do what it took for heaven. He didn't do what it was right for his soul. And the Bible says he woke up in hell being in torments. Come on, I don't know about you, my friend, but I think I do. I don't want to pursue things that are going to bless me here but cost me my soul later. I want to pursue things on this earth that's going to bless this spiritual man, that's going to bless your spiritual man. But when it's all said and done, I want to be done the things right for my eternity. I want to be done the things right for my children. I want to be invested in the things that matter the most. I want to put my heart and my time in the things that are going to lead me toward heaven. That's why the scripture says, what shall a man profit if he gain the whole world and lose his soul? That's a sobering thought. Then it goes on to say, what shall a man give and exchange? You're talking about the exchange, the market. Hello? What shall a man give in exchange? Where's the investments go? Where's time goes? His energy goes? His heart goes? What shall a man exchange for his soul? You know, I don't know how far I get with this. But the greatest possession you have is your soul. 
It's the most precious thing you have. The most important. Our health is important. I'm learning that as older I get. Wish I'd have done better at it when I was younger. Finances are important. Wish I'd have realized that when I was younger. You know, retirement's right around the corner. Closer than I'd like to admit. There's a lot of things I wish I'd have paid attention to. Hello? But the most important thing of all is my soul. My soul. It's the one thing you got. It's the only thing you got, Cameron, that'll never die. It's the only thing you got. We, we can live to be 120. And it felt like we were the most blessed person on the earth and had everything we could wish. But when this body ceases to exist, there's a soul that's got to go somewhere. And it only can go one of two places. And that is hell or heaven. There is no in-between. And it is a reality. It's like an atheist in England said one day. He said, understand I do not believe in God. And I do not believe in a heaven and a hell. He said, but if I believed that there was truly a heaven and a hell and you had to be saved to stay out of hell, he said, I would get on my hands and my knees and I would crawl across England until I told every living person about that God and that hell and that heaven because nobody would want to go there. He said, but I don't believe. I thought, my God. If a non-believer sees the urgency of the hour and the, of the final destinations. Come on, I'm talking about laying up treasures in heaven, my friend. I'm talking about living for God. I'm talking about serving the Lord, making sure we're right with God. The Bible says, and I'm talking about some true treasures of life or life treasures. Psalm 91, 1 through 2. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress and my God. In Him will I trust. Can I tell you, that's one of life's greatest treasures is a walk with God, a relationship with with God. I wouldn't take it for all the money in the world. I'd forfeit everything I possess today if I had to because my relationship with God will keep me through every storm. It's kept me through every trial. It's kept you through every circumstance of life. I wouldn't trade my relationship with God and you shouldn't want to trade yours for nothing in this world because we call on him and he's there. I wouldn't trade prayer, that treasure of life called prayer that I don't have the right or I don't feel the privilege or the right or the worthiness, Brother Lee, to pray to a perfect God. But can I tell you, that's why they call it grace, that every one of us has an open door to a God that hears our cries and answers our prayer. You tell me that ain't a treasure. You let your baby get sick and the doctor can't help him, but you can call on a God who can. You, look, I pray for my kids. I pray for my grandchildren. I've had my mama pray for me. There's many of you. The only reason you're here is because somebody prayed. Don't ever underestimate the beauty, the value, and the power of prayer. One of these days, hear me tonight, this morning in the Holy Ghost, one of these days you're going to come to a place you're going to need to touch God. You're going to need God. He's the only answer you're going to be able to find. He's the only hope you're going to be able to find. So I want to encourage you, go ahead and transition your, your treasures from the things of this earth to the things above. Go ahead and make that decision and say, you know what? I've been pursuing the wrong things. I've been focusing on the wrong direction. I've been after the wrong. I, and that's not where it's at. If God wants me to have it, I'm going to go this way. God has blessed Abraham. God blessed Jacob. God blessed Isaac. God blesses his people. God blesses his children. But if don't put your focus on that, I, I kind of figure he remembers it, but since, since I was in church and Clay was born right after I got the Holy Ghost, about three years later, two years later, but all his life, 
we might be driving down the road, might have been on a side job, might have been in the backyard, I don't know, might have been in a boat. I'd say, Clay, Bible says, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You know what a treasure in life treasure is, Brother Roy, is seeking God first and his righteousness. It's the best insurance policy. You can go buy insurance on your home, on your car, and on your life, but you can't buy it on blessings. You can't buy it on your soul, but if you'll serve God with all your heart, hello, somebody, you don't have to worry about money. You don't have to worry about your bills. David said this, two things, that I was young and now I'm old. Two things I have never seen. He said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken and I've never seen his seed begging for bread. I don't know about you this morning, but I found that treasure that the Bible speaks about of the parable of the man who found the treasure in the field, and he went and sold all that he had, and he came back and bought that treasure. I want to ask you this morning, have you found that treasure? Are you willing to paint? I'm not talking about physical, monetary, but a heart. That man went back and said, you know what? Everything I have, in all comparison, it is not worth as much as that treasure in the field. I'm telling you, there's a treasure from an old rugged cross from the blood-stained banner there's a treasure from the recorded word of God that we call the great speckled bird where it is recorded you repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost the greatest treasure brother Lee I've ever got on this planet was a night on all uh, September the 6th 1988 at a 29 year old man that was a drug dealer and a drug addict who was tired and broke. I was I was making good money, $90,000 a year profit. But can I tell you, this old bankrupt heart and this lonely soul, all I could think about was dying and going to hell. All I could think about was a rapture taking place, and I knew I'd bust hell wide open, and I realized something. I've got to start transitioning my treasures. I went to that altar, and I'll tell you the prayer I prayed. I know I've told you before, but I just feel compelled to tell it today. I didn't know how to pray. If someone would have been by me, they thought, that poor boy don't know how to pray. And as I prayed this prayer, I said, God, forgive me. Please forgive me of all my sins. I'm so sorry. I don't want to live like this anymore. And I said, Lord, you can take my business. You can take my home. You can take my land. You can take my trucks. You know how man is about his trucks. Hadn't long, just bought my granddad's property, 20-something acres. I said, you take it all. I said, Lord, you need to take my life if you'll save me first. Because what good would it do for me to live to an old man if I'm lost? I'd rather die saved a young man. And that night, God filled me with the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, whoo. And I found that treasure. Woo. Whether I was broke or doing okay, there's something down in our soul that says, I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. My Lord, have mercy today. The clock is out on the back wall, so it's its fault. I got no idea what I could look there. Oh, I'm, I've just butchered this message so badly. But I'm talking about life's true treasures. What are they? A relationship with God. I, I thought about, Sister Barbara Sellers, what a treasure it is to me to know truth. Because had I not been raised in truth or around truth, they don't tell them what I'd have been. I'm a stubborn old goat. But I thank God for truth. I thank God for a mama that knew how to pray and never stopped praying for us boys. I thank God for a mama 
that loved God and lived for Him and went to church. To, she could tell you how many steps it was from her doorstep to the church. I can tell you how many. It was 133 steps. Because after she had her accident, she could no longer drive. But she'd walk to that church. 133 steps. How far is it from your house to the house of God? Is it became that much of an importance? Are you sold out? Oh, my mama would open her checkbook. I could take you to the boxes where they are if we can find them. My sister's got them stored in, in, in uh, tote boxes. I could take you to her checkbook. And when the first of the month rolled, I could let you count off the number of checks she wrote. She didn't combine them in one check. She wanted to write every, she wrote it to the Tithes, 15%, not 10. She wrote it to offering, 5%. She wrote it to the building fund. She wrote it to the missions. She wrote it to Sunday school. She wrote it to the youth department. She wrote it to the cleaning fund. She wrote it to the cemetery fund. On $1,038 a month. I wouldn't intend on doing all this. I'm talking about treasures. But her treasures wasn't in the money. Her treasure was in God. Hello, somebody. I got a video of her right now telling me right not long before she died, what she told me every time. She says, son, my children and God is the only thing I got to live for. What have you got to live for? Come on, what are you pursuing in life? That's what we've got to ask ourselves. That's what we've got to answer to ourselves. Where are our treasures? When my mama passed away, she had already given away money. She had money, and she wasn't wealthy, but she had money in my brother's safe because she could only have $3,000 a month. How do you keep accumulating this money when you only make $1,038? Because she learned, I'm going to lay up some treasures. I'm going to give my tithes to bless the church. I'm going to give my offering to invest in the kingdom. I'm going to give to missions to support winning souls across the world. I'm going to support Sunday school that little children learn about God. I'm going to support the youth group that young people have activities and events and they know how to serve the Lord and what a real life's about. I'm telling you today, let's stand together. My mama learned a long time ago how what life's true treasures was and how to invest and lay up heavenly treasures. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm talking about life's true treasures. For what shall a man profit if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to ask the question today. Where are your treasures? What are you in pursuit of? What's your greatest dreams and goals? And again, I want to throw this disclaimer. I'm not preaching against getting wealthy. More power to you. I'm not preaching against being blessed. God will bless. And I hope you get, I'm talking about putting God first. Seek ye first. Matthew 6 and 33 says, Seek ye first, foremost, the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And what he's saying is, Seek God and do all we can do, Brother Tony, to be righteous, to be right with God. Make it our number one priority, Gavin. Number one. Number one, Landon. Make God number one. And guess what? All this stuff that you would work so hard for, give your time and talents and whatever's to, you know what? For the Maddox, the Bible says it shall be added unto you. There's a lot of folks work themselves to death and forfeit so many things in their life that money can't buy. And if we would just live for God, love God, lead our families to church, show them how to live for God, God will add, and he will add, 
and he will add. You don't have to worry about the other. You just, that kind of makes it simple, don't it? You got a whole life ahead of you. Could be a camera. You got a whole life ahead of you. You got some choices to make. I know, I know you're young. What are you, 12, 13? 13 years old. He looks like he's 15. You got a whole life ahead of you, Cameron. You got some choices to make, and life's gonna put billboards in front of you, and there's gonna be and there's gonna be voices in your life, and there's gonna be others that you see that have all this stuff, and it's gonna create a desire in you. I, I want that stuff. I want that kind of life. I, you know, I want to have my cars, and uh, I, I want to have my. T- toys and I want to have money in the bank. I, I want to be able to do all this stuff. And so the wisdom of the world, which isn't much wisdom, says you've got to work hard and you do have to work hard. I'm not negating that, but pour all your life and make a treasure out of out of money and find ways to make money and, and do all of that, then you can buy you can buy all that stuff because money answereth all things. He'll even use the scripture on you. Or you can make a choice. I'm going to put God first. I'm going to live for God. And I'm going to let Him choose whether I'm wealthy or whether I just get by. I'm going to live for God. And I'm going to let all the stress factors of life and pressures of life. I'm just going to let God tend to that. Hello? And I'm just going to put Him first. And I'm not going to take a job if it takes me out of church. Come on. I'm just going to live for God. That's, that's what Cameron's going to say. I'm just going to live for God. I'm going to be one of those. I'm going to be there every time the door is open. And I'm just going to put God. I'm going to make sure my soul's all right. I'm going to make sure that I'm growing in the Lord. And I'm going to make heaven a priority. And I want to put up treasures. I want to give. And I want to witness. And, and, and I want to work in the kingdom and serve. because and I want to give to the poor and help out the needy. And I want to tend to those things that God says that we need to tend to. And I want to go to the jails and preach the gospel. And we want to visit the sick. And we want to clothe the naked. And just read the Bible. You'll find all that there. And then it tells us we'll have treasures in heaven. The Bible says, He that lendeth to the Lord, that the Lord shall repay. And guess what? If you do that, Cameron, you don't have to work three jobs. You don't even have to work two jobs. You just find a good job and be faithful and consistent. And God will add things to you in His time and His way. I'm telling you, here, pastor today, He'll give you the things you need. He'll, he'll supply your need and all, according to his riches and glory. And he'll have more stuff than you'd ever be able to work and make for yourself. Can you see? Every head bowed and every eye closed. You see, I know what that world's like. I had a chip on my shoulder. I was told I'd never amount to anything. There was a drive inside of me that was deceived of hell that says I got to prove everybody wrong. I will be successful. I will be a successful businessman. I will make big bucks. I will drive new vehicles. I will build a brick home. I built a brick home. I'm not bragging. I I was on the wrong track. I built a brand new brick home uh, and moved into it three months after, four months after I got married. I thought that was success. Sister Deborah, I remember thinking, okay, because I always wanted a brick home when I was growing up. We had a Jim Walter house. I thought everybody had a rich home. Brick home was rich. But it didn't make me rich. But I was in pursuit of that. I, I was making good money. At 19 years old, at 19 years old, I was making $2,100 a week plus expenses. That was my focus. But at 29, at 29, all of that lost value, Mike. Every bit of it lost value. Because I was empty right here. I was empty right here. Money couldn't touch it. Material things didn't help it. 
but there was something empty and it was a vacant void soul that needed a God to give me peace and salvation it was a God that could come in and fill my soul and make me a new man change my life make me a better dad some of you, many of you have experienced the same thing. You, you found that treasure in the field. You, you were in pursuit of other things in life, uh, but you found something that mattered, and it was salvation. Life's true treasures. I know I've used myself too much in this message this morning. But I pray you use yourself in it. God, where am I today? What am I pursuing? What am I laying up in heaven? What am I laying up for my children? What am I really offering them, Lord? What kind of life am I really going to give them if I can give them all the material things, but I can't give them a life of godliness, a home of godliness? I thank God for my mama. She never wavered. Don't you thank God for that person in your life that never wavered? They never wavered, but they loved God. They held on through the trials, and they never questioned God. They never charged God. They never blamed God at all. They just kept holding on to his faith and holding on to his love and his truth and his trust and all the things. And now we're holding on. I open these altars this morning. I want to reach for some people today. I pray conviction has set in on this house and I pray you have reviewed your life and considered your life and I want to encourage you come on I'm not pulling a finger of any fault that's humanity we've all got caught up in it I'm just reaching as a pastor today say wait a minute wake up don't 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 get caught in that don't don't get stuck in that life i'm not faulting anybody for where they've gone and what they've got all focus of i'm just reaching i'm reaching for people today to say wait a minute let's reconsider let's retransition where our heart is where our treasures are oh because i gotta make it to heaven my children have gotta make it to heaven <laughs> Oh, I got to make it, God. I want to invest in heavenly treasures. I want to lay up treasures in heaven. <laughs>